We're going to be in the Gospel of John tonight, chapter 3. John chapter 3, if you'll be finding that in your Bible. Good to see you tonight. I would, on the subject of praying, request your prayer for us as you think about it. You know, this is a, this new chapter of our life we're enjoying, but uh, we're trusting, just trusting the Lord to lead us and to have His way and to guide and direct us and, and uh, be where He wants us to be, when He wants us to be there, and I'm sure you know this or would know this. We've, you know, I've been, I've never once in all these years ever asked, even hinted to anyone that I would like for them to ask me to come and preach. I don't, I just trust that God will open the doors where he wants us to go and, and he does that. And, you know, we, we enjoy, we thoroughly enjoy being here every time we're here. It's home, both at our home, but here at the church and our fa- church family. We love, love serving here and stay busy here, but. So if you think about praying for us, because it's something we pray for about every day, that God would just direct and have his way, and we want the Lord to do that. We're going to look in John chapter 3 in just a moment at a passage of Scripture that is, uh, first of all, very familiar, but also that pertains to uh, this season, the birth of Christ, the coming of Christ. I don't, I'm not saying that he was born at this particular time. We don't know that. The important thing that he was born and uh, how he was born and how he came. We're going to look at that, how light has come into the world. But then we're also going to look at the fact that um, Jesus wasn't always welcome. This light was not always received. And it's not always received now. And as a matter of fact, we're going to look at quite a few verses, more of a Bible study tonight. But the Bible is very clear that many who hear the message and receive it embrace the Lord. But there's also a large number that really hate the light. They don't like the light. And, and really that pertains not only to the gospel, but it pertains to us. And it pertains to the nation of Israel. And so this will also kind of tie into some current events as we see this rise, this surge of hatred for Israel. It's not new. We find it in the Bible. And so we're going to look at a variety of places tonight. And, but we're going to start in John chapter 3. And if you're able to stand, please stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. And I hope that you'll... Keep your Bible in front of you and look up the verses if you have the time. Write them down if you don't, because we're going to look at a number of passages. But John chapter 3, a verse that maybe you've heard before, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Two important things there. Salvation is through Him. 
The only salvation God has is through Him. But the salvation that is through Him is for the whole world. That the, that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world. That will really be the theme of the message tonight. Light is come into the world. This is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. And it gives us the reason why. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now that's the light that came into the world. That light that came into the world is Christ. It's the gospel. But it says, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So this coming of Christ into the world, that's the theme of these verses. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. This is the theme of these verses, that light has come into the world. Some rejected it, some received it, some welcomed it, some come to the light. And let's, uh, let's pray and ask God to bless our time in the Word tonight. Father, we thank You for Your Word tonight, and we do pray that as we go through the Scriptures, that Lord, You would guide us. Lord, help us to rightly divide the Word of Truth. I pray you'd strengthen us in our faith. I pray if there's one here tonight that's not saved, that they might understand the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for their salvation. And I pray that, Father, you'd help us who are believers, who are saved, to just keep coming to the light and help us, Lord, to understand the times that we live in. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this, this, first of all, in the way of introduction, this is the revelation of light. Light has come into the world. You know, the world, without Christ in the gospel, it really is a dark place. It's a dark place before God spoke, before Jesus spoke and said, let there be light. And he created light. And this, the, the gospel of John is about this light coming into the world. Matter of fact, look at John chapter 1. And he talks about this infusion of light. Look in John 1, 4, in him, talking about in Christ, in him was life, and the life, his life, the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And then if you look in verse 9, he says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So this light, back to John chapter 3 and verse 7, this light that came into the world is the person of Jesus Christ. He brought light into the world, a world that was engulfed in darkness. And it was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4 for a moment. Matthew quotes about Isaiah's prophecy concerning this very subject. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 12 it says, now when Jesus has heard, 
had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Jesus did. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, on the northern edge of the Sea of Galilee, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah saying, and here's the quote from Isaiah, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, and here's this great statement, The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. In verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in this world of darkness, the Jews didn't see it as darkness, probably the Romans didn't see it as darkness, but in this world of darkness, the light came in the person of Jesus Christ. And He is the light. You'll remember when Jesus died on the cross, when He, was, when he died at, from noon till 3 p.m., brightest part of the day, the sun refused to shine. Darkness. Why? Because the light of the world had died. And so, so we see in John 3, first of all, the revelation of light. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But I want to spend a significant time tonight talking about the rejection. We're in John 3, the rejection of light. Verse 19 says, Men love darkness rather than light. So they, they hated the light because they preferred darkness. Now I'm not going to spend... A lot of time on this, but we wonder why people, why people don't want to come to church, why people aren't interested in the gospel. Well, the reason I didn't come to church when I was lost, the reason I had no interest in spiritual things, because I lived in a dark place. I lived in a world of darkness. No spiritual light. Not even religious light, and that's not light. But I didn't even have that. And so, why did they not want to come? It says, verse 19... Because their deeds are evil, the last part of verse 19. Because their deeds are evil, last part of verse 20. <coughs> he that doeth evil hateth the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So they don't, want their, they don't want their deeds to be reproved. And we don't know what's going on in people's hearts and minds when they hear the gospel, when we witness to them or give them a little testimony. But sometimes there's something in them because they live in a dark world and because they are, their eyes are blinded, of course, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, lest they should hear the gospel. They don't want their sins to be exposed. They don't, they don't want to repent. They don't really want to turn from their sin. And the sad reality is that's where most of the world is. They live in a world of darkness. And what I, what I want us to see tonight is that this is not just uh, something that happened out of the blue, this has been the way the world is from the beginning. They're living a world of darkness, and they're not interested in the light. As a matter of fact, hold your place here in John 3 and go to the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at the first three verses. We looked at this recently in a service, but I want to look at it again. A Psalm 2. And the psalmist really lays this out for us. Um, and we're just using this as evidence of this world system and really what, where it's headed and what the agenda is. In Psalm 2, the Bible says in verse 1, Why do the heathen rage 
Why are they so upset? And the people imagine a vain thing. Why do the people have these vain imaginations? Look what it says in verse 2. <coughs> Excuse me. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers, these are the power players of the world, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. And who are they against? Against the Lord and against His anointed. Now, you might make a note of this if you ever want to look up that word anointed, the the basis of that word, the Hebrew word, and it means Messiah. That's talking about Jesus. He's the anointed one. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. this, This light restricts us. It restrains us. We want to break their bands asunder. We want to cast away their cords from us. And they're against the Lord and against His anointed. And there's a couple of references here, not just to, uh, in that kind of obscure way, His anointed, talking about the Messiah. But look in verse 7, where He says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my Son, capital S, Son, talking about the, the Savior that would come. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Verse 12, kiss the son. And never the reference to the son of God. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Here, the psalmist understood that there's opposition. There's this great opposition to God and his anointed. Now, so when John 3, and it tells us this, then when the light came, they hated the light. They didn't want the light. And we sometimes look at this as being peculiar it's not really peculiar, it's, it's really the nature of man. Not to want the truth, not to want their sins exposed, not to want to repent. And that's the, that's the majority of the world that we're living in. And so there's opposition to the Messiah, there's opposition to God's Son. And this is, so the psalmist said there in verse 2, why would, the, why would they imagine such a vain thing? What's wrong with them that they're thinking this way, why are the heathen so much against God? And you know that that's the question that really the, the Bible answers for us. And it's not just because of the heathen, it's because of who's who's directing the heathen, and that's Satan. He's against God, he's against the truth, he's against the Messiah, he's against everything that God has. It's a vain imagination, and it's spreading. It's if you look at it, it's spreading across this world. And um, we get to live to see this. It's not a pleasant thing to see, but it's something the Bible talks about. And we're going to look at that in the book of Revelation here in a little bit tonight. So, you know, I, was, I was remember reading uh, an article some time ago that a, a Baptist preacher uh, was talking about um, vain imaginations. Why do you imagine such a things? And he, he quoted... Um, from a Beatles song. I never was a bit real fan of the Beagle, Beatles. But he quoted this, uh, the song, Imagine. And these, these are some of the lyrics. Think about these words. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell below us, above us only sky. No heaven. Imagine there's no heaven, there's no hell. And the words of the song says, no religion too. And then John Lennon says, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. That's, that was his dream, that we can all come to this unity 
that there's really no God and that there's no heaven and that there's no hell. Imagine that. And that's what the, that's what the writer of Psalm called vain imaginations. Where do these imaginations come from? They come from this, from Satan really, where there's, where there's rebellion, against, rebellion against God and against His Son. There's a campaign, an unseen campaign against evil. It resists the truth of God. It's darkness. It rejects the light. It's, it's error. It, it rejects the truth. And it's, it's diabolical and it's determined and it's demonic. And that's the world that we live in. And we scratch our heads sometimes wondering, how can it get any more, how can it get any more wickeder? <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's going to get wickeder and wickeder. And that's, that's true. Go with me if you would now. Uh, to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12, and it looks like we're kind of playing hopscotch through the Bible, but I, w- I just really have had this on my mind for some time. My wife and I were reading, and our daily reading through the book of Revelation, we have been, and we paused here in this Revelation chapter 12 and talked about this some because it has to do with the birth of Christ. And it has to do with the hatred of darkness against the truth and against the light. In Revelation 12, the Bible says in verse 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Now John's being caught up to heaven. He's seeing these things. It's been revealed to him. And he's writing what he sees. And he says there was a great wonder. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now on the surface, you may not know what that's talking about, but let me just tell you, there's no doubt to me it's talking about Israel, the nation of Israel. This is the very same language, and we're not going to turn to it, but over in the book of Genesis, when Joseph had his dream that the sun and the moon and the eleven, he said the eleven stars, and they were bowing down before him, and they understood that to be his brothers, the twelve the eleven tribes of Judah, and, and so this is talking about Israel, and you'll be clear to you as, as we read on, when it talks about this woman, this woman really is Israel. And the twelve stars are the twelve sons, tribes of Israel. Verse 2 says, And she, this woman, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. So this woman, Israel, is having a child. And who is that child? It'll be very clear in a moment, if you don't know, already know. But that child that will be born to the nation of Israel is Jesus. And so this woman, Israel, is having a child, travailing in birth. Verse 3 says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. He said, I saw something else. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And this dragon, his tail, drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them down to the earth. Of course, this is Satan and taking these fallen angels. Verse 4, And the dragon stood before the woman, Israel, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So we have a picture here. John seeing this. John seeing the nation of Israel... This child was born to the nation of Israel, and that child is Jesus. And while the child is waiting to be born, the dragon, the great red dragon, Satan, 
is ready to devour the child as soon as it was born. All this, all this tells me is this, there, this, there's a great hatred in our society, in our world, against the Lord, against His Christ, against God. And it's not just human beings, it's, it's satanic. In verse 5 it says, And she, the woman, Israel, brought forth a man-child. Now here's the description that makes it very clear who this child is. She brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's talking about Jesus, right? And her child was caught up into, the, into God and to His throne. So Jesus was born and he, was, he, was, he ascended. And then it's going to talk about Israel and talk about the persecution, the 42 months, three and a half years during the Great Tribulation. But the thing that I wanted to make, make us see today is this, this go, and I'm just thinking in my mind back to John chapter 3, where the light came. And I'm, I thank God for the light. I thank God for the gospel. I thank God that uh, there's been much said, even in this season, about the birth of Christ, the incarnation, the, the miraculous incarnation that God would come and dwell among us. It's a wonderful thing. For us, it's a wonderful thing. But I'll tell you, when, the child, when Jesus was born, the devil was right there seeing it and, and, and trying to do all he could to destroy it. And that's not changed. That, that, hap that happened when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. But what we're reading about in Revelation 12, that's going to just continue to happen. And that's kind of what I want us to look at tonight. Because a couple other verses in Revelation 12, look in verse 13. It says, it says When the dragon saw that he, talking about himself, the dra dragon, when he saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the child. So there we see this demonic hatred of Israel. The dragon hates the woman that brought forth the child. You think, you think we're seeing people that are anti-Jew in our culture. We can't even begin to imagine how anti-Jew Satan is. Because, because this woman brought forth the child. And this, so this persecution is from Satan toward Israel is just going to continue. It's going to intensify. And we're seeing that in our day. It's escalating. <clears throat> Look in verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, with Israel. Notice this. And went to make war. Now this is tribulation time stuff we're reading about here. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now, he's not just making war with the woman and making war, war with her child, but with the remnant of her seed, those who, those who belong to her and belong to him. Look at the last part of verse 17. Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So this, this anti-Jew, anti-Semitic attitude, this anti-Christ we're, we're just seeing it every day, escalating, getting worse, getting worse, getting worse. And, it's, and we're going to go out, God's going to take us out of here one of these days. And then it's really going to intensify. You're never going to change the devil. He hates everything that's good. He hates the nation of Israel. He hates Christ. And look at verse, verse 17. He hates those who keep the commandments of God, of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's you. That's us. He hates us. So if, if the devil hates you, you're in the right crowd. 
So this war against Israel, this war against Christ. So we, verse 17, it's a war against Israel. It's a war against Christ. And it's a war, war against the followers of Christ. And, his, and that would include churches. And, and it's not new. And it's going to remain until the final war of all wars. Now I'm not going to look up the verses. But, well, I'll tell you what. Let's look in Revelation 16 real quick. We'll see one example of this. We were just reading in our Bibles in Zechariah just a few days ago how Zechariah talked about how the nations of the world are going to converge against Israel. I watched a little bit of news yesterday, and one of the leaders of Israel's army was talking about how seven different nations, of course you have um, those from Syria, those from Lebanon, and, of course, from Gaza, seven different nations have been attacking Israel. And Israel's fighting off six of them right now. And, and you know what? That's, that's just like reading, hearing the news is like reading the Bible when that comes to... The nations of the world are coming against Israel. And young people, don't ever be duped into believing that Israel is, are the bad guys in this war. I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they're all godly. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm telling you, um, they, they are, the, the simple answer is, Israel is not occupying Palestinian territory. That whole territory was given to Israel by God, and it's never been rescinded. And so we're, living, we're just being able, I think we have a vantage point that most people don't have. You know, about current events. And I'm not just preaching current events. But Revelation 16 and in verse 14. Notice what it says. For for they, and this is talking about these unclean spirits like frogs and the dragon. But look at Revelation 16, 14. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and to the whole world. This is, their, this is what they're doing in these last of the last of the last days. They're going forth unto the kings of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And it's going to happen. And when it happens, Jesus is going to come back. He's not be coming back this time uh, on a humble donkey riding in Jerusalem. He's going to be coming on a white horse. And uh, he's, going to, he's going to do a number on them. So anyway, what I'm, what I'm saying is, when I think about this season of Christmas and Christ coming and the light shining, I, I just marvel in it. I enjoy it. I'm ministered to by the, the love of God and the incarnation. But there's a whole different side. I know the viewpoint of Him coming. And it's hatred. And it's... And it's against God and it's against the truth. And Jewish people, and I'm not just, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying they're all, by any stretch of the imagination, righteous people. But they have survived because God has helped them. I believe that. And they've survived countless wars and diabolical schemes and and plans to eradicate them. And Satan is working and working and working to advance a losing cause because God is going to, God is going to turn things around in the end. And the nation, the people of Israel are going to turn and, and look on him whom they bruised. And they're going, to, they're going to turn to him and trust him, many of them. So Satan is developing this. And that's what I want us to see tonight. Satan is developing a world system that is bent on destroying Israel. 
And we hear this propaganda. We hear it. If you're tuned in at all to what's going on in the world, this is worldwide hatred of the Jews, and it's going to lead to a, gl a globalized battle against Israel. And so we're watching this as it increases. So, so we have the revelation of light back in John chapter 3. And then we have the thing I really want to emphasize is the rejection of light. It's kind of a negative thing to emphasize, isn't it? How people reject Him, how people hate the light. People hate the light. And I'm not saying everybody does. People are, some people are just, they're seeking. They don't even know what they're looking for. And I, you know, I was, I lived in a very dark place. I went into a lot of dark places. I mean dark, physically dark, spiritually dark, in every way. And I wasn't looking for the light, but I'll tell you, when, when the light came, I went to the light. I wanted the light. And people are like that. So that's the last thing we'll mention, and I'll try to be brief with this. I didn't say I would be brief. I said I'd try to be brief. John chapter 3. I'm back to John chapter 3, verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they're wrought in God. So these are those who come to the light. And that's us. That ought to be you. That ought to be us. We're... We're, that's, the, that's not the revelation of light and the rejection of light, but the reception of light. We're receiving the light. And I just want to kind of press this upon our mind tonight, and that is this. We need to heartily embrace the light. You know, too many people look at Christianity, look at the gospel, and they want a measure of light. But I tell you, what we need is we want the light to shine. We want, we, want God's, we want all of God's light. We're coming to the light. You know, a verse of Scripture that I've loved for a long time, but it's become even dearer to me in my middle age, and that is, that is Scripture in Proverbs that says, um, I can't think of what it says. It talks about how the light gets brighter and brighter into the perfect day. And I can't think of the way he talks about the righteous in Proverbs 4. And it says this. The path, that's the word I couldn't think of. The path of the just. Think about this. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The older we get, the longer we're on this journey, the light should just get brighter and brighter and brighter. Not dimmer and dimmer. It ought to be getting brighter, and the path of the just is as a bright, bright, uh, light that gets brighter and brighter into the perfect days. So we're being bombarded with these messages and these images that evil is good and good is evil, and I'll tell you, everything is turned upside down, and it's, it's, it's really a sad day in many ways. But, this, but the thing I want to emphasize is that as Christians, we don't want to, I don't want to be a part of a version of Christianity that really promotes various shades of compromise. We don't want that. We want, we want the light. We want to see what the Bible says, and we want to walk in the light as He is in the light. Jesus said this, young person, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. And yet I hear all these messages of Christians, you know, that we can be saved and we can live as we please and walk in darkness and God doesn't care. I want to tell you, that's not the message of the Bible. You know, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Either you, either you hate the one, you love the other, or you, you cling to the one, you receive the hold of the one, and besides, despise the other. Here's the difference in Satan and us. 
Satan hates the light. He hates the light and walks in darkness. God, for, God wants us to hate darkness and walk in light. But too many professing Christians want to have some light but also walk in some darkness. That's not God's plan. That's not what God wants. That may be what our flesh wants, but that's not what God wants. You know, Peter said that he's called us out of darkness. I love this language. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't you like that? Marvelous light. That's what he's called us out of. Darkness into the light. And so... I want us to just to think tonight about our lives as believers, those who are saved, and that's most of us, obviously, I'm sure. We're in a war. I mean, whether you realize it or not, we're in a war. And um, many people who profess faith in Christ are becoming casualties in the war. And I think part of the reason is is because we're not taking this matter seriously about walking in the light. You know, uh, we, may, we may identify what evil is, but we need to learn to hate evil, right? And love the light. That's our role. You know, Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he talked about how in this wicked and perverse nation, we should shine as lights. We don't, we're, not look, we're not trying to look like the world, right? We're not, trying to, we're not trying to trick the world into making them think we're kind of like you. That's not what we're into doing. We're not trying to be mean, but I'm telling you, we should not be ashamed of the gospel, and we're to be the light of the world. This, this country, young people, this country is in a moral freefall. I mean, it's just one day after another. Their uh, logic has been thrown out the window. Rationale has been thrown out the window. And people are believing all kinds of nonsense. I mean, it's a sad day, isn't it? Young people who think they're cats or dogs or they identify. I mean, this is sick. It's sick. And you know who's behind it all? The enemy of light. That's who's behind it all. Satan is. He hates the light. He hates the gospel. Now, you couldn't convince a lot of people of that. But we're to be the light of the world. There is a satanic attack against truth and light. Now this may seem a little strange to you. Seems a little strange to me. That in a season devoted to celebrating the birth of Christ, the incarnation, that wonderful scene, the angelic message to the shepherds, all of that is such a wonderful, moving, encouraging truth that in the midst of that, I could look at this and say, and what I see is the, the moment Jesus was born, I see the devil right there just hating him. You see, you know why I say that? Because that's what the Bible says. That old serpent was just waiting to destroy him. And he hates him. And he hates us. I want to read this again, verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. You know, we, we need to be coming to the light. Coming to the light means we're leaving the way of darkness. Coming to the light. You know, the older I get, the older we get, my wife and I, the more challenging it is to drive at night. Some of you, none of y'all probably have that problem. But it's, hard, it's just harder to see. 
And, and every time I can, sometimes, sometimes maybe what times I shouldn't, but every time I can, I have my lights on high beam. As soon as a car goes by, I'm back on high beam. You know why? Because I need all the light I can get to see clearly. And I say all that to say this. You know, we need, we need our lights to be shining. Jesus said, you don't take a light and put it under a bushel, under a basket, so people can't see it. No, it, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what Jesus said. So what is our attitude toward the light, young people? You know what our attitude toward the light should be? It should be, I want to know all that I can about the light. I want to come every day to the light. I want to know what the Bible says. I want to be closely associated with Christ. I don't want to be ashamed of Christ. Because, because while, while we, as believers sometimes, and I hesitate to use this language, but I don't have else to say it, are kind of half-hearted about our belief system. I'll tell you, the devil is not half-hearted about his hatred. He hates the light. We, we couldn't even imagine how much he hates truth, hates Christ, hates us. And uh, so I, I pray that God would have, give us, give us as strong, uh, as strong a belief in embracing the light as the devil is about embracing darkness. Does that make sense? Let's stand together, please.